Forkies, it's been a little while. It's uh, been over two years since our last episode, um, but we're back in sort of a new format. Um, Amy and I were able to see each other in person this summer. I went back for a little visit to Winnipeg and Grand Forks. And I sort of pitched this new idea that we would do the podcast again because I know we miss doing it and I know we get a lot of people telling us that they miss listening to it or that they still listen to it, which is amazing. Uh, I get emails every week from our podcast host that says, oh, you have this many new downloads this week. And we have new downloads every single week, which is amazing. Um, But I had an idea that we would do it like vlog brothers sort of like I would do one and I would ask her how her life is going and she would report back from Grand Forks and sort of that kind of deal so I'm not going to make any promises that we have a new schedule that we have any schedule at all that it's going to be evenly balanced between me and Amy I'm not going to make promises that we're going to have guests all the time Um, but I miss doing this I miss Amy I miss Grand Forks Um, I miss all of that but I also want to tell you about how my life is going now and I want there also to be another source of media and promotion for things that are going on at the fire hall and all things Grand Forks. So welcome back. This is Theater Forks 2.0. So picking up from where we left off, our last episode was with the cast of Proof at the fire hall. That was like September or October 2021. Um, So I had moved at that point. I'm still here. I'm still in upstate New York. Um, I've been through a little bit of a job transition since then. Uh, At the time of our last recording, I was working at, uh, I was a box office manager at this regional theater here. I ended up leaving about a year later because I didn't want to do customer service anymore. Went to a youth orchestra. I went back into marketing. They ended up laying me off, which is a long um, story. Um, But I have definitely ended up back on my feet. I'm back at that regional theater in a new position, which I adore so much. Um, I get to read all of the contracts for all of the shows that come through. And that's from Broadway, national tours, to uh, comedians, to bands, like anything, anything that comes through our three buildings, I get to read the contracts for, and I get to make sure that all of the pieces that need to be carried out by my department or by other departments Apartments get done, um, and I feel truly so so lucky to be back. I have absolutely the best team in the world. Um, Jeremiah works uh, across the hall from me, which is really fun, um, and I just feel really valued there. We had the national tour of Company Tech, and the tour opened at our theater. And everybody knows I'm a big Sondheim nerd, so like I. Like, people just thought of me a lot this week, which made me feel really, really honored. Um, they, one of my coworkers, she's like sort of the internal events coordinator. And so uh, we had a talk back with the cast of company, and she asked me to moderate it, which was an enormous honor. Um, so I got to do that. I got to interview um, many of them. And um, that's actually up uh, online. I will put a, a, a link when I share this on social media if you want to watch that. Um, so I'm doing theater 
as my full-time job again and it's an incredible position because it's I'm doing theater but I am at a desk and it's nine to five and I'm hourly so <laughs> I get to do theater but my nights are free um, and I get to do theater at night too which I'll get into later so um, it's been two years but I finally feel like we're pretty settled here upstate and it feels really, really good to be in that position, to feel like I have a home and I have friends and I'm, I can, like, I really like going to work for maybe the first time in my adult life. Um, so that is so wonderful. Other things that have happened since we last talked, um, we got a second dog who many of our listeners may know already if you, you know, see me on Facebook or Instagram, um, but his name is Toby. He is a boxer mix. He is two years old now and he is very sweet and silly and lovable and stupid, um, but we love him so much. He and Lola have a very um, big sister, little brother energy going on. She is definitely still the queen of the house. No worries there. Um, but they play all the time. And when they're tired enough, they will snuggle up together. Usually with me, it's very, very sweet. Um, yeah, we love our, our silly boy very much. And like I mentioned, Jeremiah works um, in the finance department with the theater uh, at the theater with me, which is really cool. I feel very lucky that we um, get to work for the same organization, but we don't necessarily work together uh, like on projects very much, which is a good for our marriage. Um, but it is nice to, you know, be on the same team in the big picture. So, Miss Amy, I know a lot of big things have happened for you too since we last made an episode. Um, I know you are a homeowner now, which is incredible. I know you are the full-time executive director of the the Greater Grand Forks Community Theater, which is also amazing and so well-deserved. Um, I know you are teaching part-time again. How has everything been? How's the fire hall? I know right now at the time of this recording you're in the second weekend of the Dark Heart of Poe which looks so cool and I you know I love a spooky show and spooky season. I wish I was there to see it. I know you have Frozen Junior coming up and you just announced um, You're a Good Man Charlie Brown uh, which will be such a fun show on that stage. Uh, I want to hear about that whole process. That sounds amazing. Um, I want to hear about the launch of the new theater company in Grand Forks called the Empty State Theater. I was lucky enough to, during my visit there, I saw the last dress rehearsal of their premiere production, which was Matilda, and Amy played Mrs. Wormwood, and she was so incredible, and I want to talk about that costume all day long. I want to talk about that wig. I want to talk about your nails. I want to talk about all of it. Um, I want to talk about Empty State's newest production, which was the grown-ups which was um oh i totally forgot empty state was started by friend of the pod chris berg and the grown-ups was directed by friend of the pod gina euler and i just wanted and they did it like outside at a park and there was a campfire and just oh immersive theater i'm so excited about it all the time and i'm so glad that chris started this company so that we get um different and 
uh, plays that aren't done all the time and plays that can be done in new places. And I, I want to talk about all of it. So please let me know how all of that is going because uh, I was able to see Mamma Mia last year at the fire hall. And I, I really hope to be able to get back every couple of years and see something. Um, but I want to know how everything else is going in the meantime. So I don't have a guest with me today. It's just me in my closet, uh, <laughs> recording on my laptop, very low tech, but I wanted to go through, um, this will shock no one. I have, I keep a list, uh, an Excel spreadsheet actually of all of the plays and musicals I have seen throughout my life. Um, it's non-exhaustive. I know I'm missing something, especially days where I would like go to fringe and I'd see like seven things in a day. Um, I know I'm missing some of it, but, um, since moving to New York, I have seen 72 plays and musicals. 7-2, um, which is amazing. And I'm, I'm really, really grateful that most of these are because my, one of the perks of my job is I get free or low cost tickets to a lot of things. Um, so that's, that's why for a lot of it, but I went through and I picked out my top five theater experiences that I've had since moving to New York and I'm gonna talk about them. Then these are in order of, these are in chronological order of when they happened, not of um, preference because they're all pretty special and um, I've seen a lot of, of amazing, amazing theater. So these are things where it's like the theater was good but it was also like a special experience for me. So here we go. Um, the first one on my list was uh, on October 1st, 2021. And um, as I mentioned before, the national tour of company teched at our theater. And that happens semi-frequently uh, that tours will come and tech at our theater. And we're, I think we're sort of a popular destination to do that because we're only a two hour train ride away from New York. So it's easy for creatives and the big wigs to come and just take a train up and come look at the show. And I think there's some like New York tax breaks or whatever. Um, but so the national tour of Town teched at our theater and we were lucky enough, the staff were lucky enough to be um, invited to the invited dress rehearsal. And so this is my first of my big theater experiences. Um, it was, this was first of all, my first professional level show since COVID. And it was all still pretty locked down um, at the time um, we, all the staff had to be vaccinated. We all had to wear masks the whole time. Um, we were only allowed to sit for this show in the balcony. No one was on the floor, pretty far away from the actors. It was like we were like baby toe dipping back into professional and touring theater. Um, and we, this was just about a month after we had moved. Um, and this like being, getting to go to an invited dress of a national tour 
was a mind-blowing experience. And it was the first time I've got to see Hades Town. I've seen it three more times since. The show is incredible. Um, and, and that cast was amazing, too. Um, it was Nicholas Brush. Barash, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, um, as Orpheus, who to this day remains my favorite Orpheus. Um, you may have seen him. He was um, Arpad in She Loves Me, which they recorded for Broadway HD. Um, he's been in a few other things too, but he was, he had the strongest voice of any Orpheus I've seen. He was really, really good. Um, Levi Christ was Hermes, who uh, you know, after Andre Shields won the Tony, I was really hesitant to see anybody else in it, but he was great. Um, uh, the whole cast was amazing, and getting to see that for the first time, and it, Jeremiah was with me, and it just felt, I felt so special, and I felt this huge honor, and it was sort of my really first, like, Toto, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore moment where I, this got to happen. And oh, I was in the box office and I remember the company managers came up to us and they were like, hey, can we put a few tickets aside for Anais Mitchell? And I was like, oh my God, what? Anais Mitchell is here? And it's like, well, yeah, of course she is. This is the invited dress rehearsal of the national tour of her show. But it was just like, oh no, this is, <laughs> this is what my job is going to be sometimes, is getting to put tickets aside for people that I really admire. Um, so that was a really amazing experience. And actually, um, a month later, we went to see Hadestown uh, in New York with Andre De Shields, and he was like that was one of those moments where it's like, I'm going to brag about getting to see Andre De Shields forever. Um, but there was this moment, if you don't know the show, how it works is like the set is always visible. There's no curtain and the lights don't really like go down before the show. The musicians all come out on stage and they all sit on stage the whole time. So that's how the show starts is the uh, musicians and the actors playing the workers chorus all come out on stage and that's how you know it's starting and the lights start going down after that. So after they enter, Hermes is the next one to enter, which is at, at the time of my seeing this was played by Andre de Shields. And he came out and like Andre de Shields is a GD legend. Like he was the whiz in the whiz. Like, come on. And he's wearing like this silver suit and it's such a huge moment. And then there's this one moment right at the beginning where he um, unbuttons his jacket and he reveals his vest. And it's like very shiny. And right at his moment of doing that, he has like hand on button. Somebody's phone goes off. And it was just like, oh my God, of course, somebody's phone is going off right now. And again, this was November 2021. This was you have to show vaccination proof and be masked. And like they're holding up signs and like we're all very excited to be back on Broadway. So it was like, why is somebody's phone going off right now? And he, Andre just stood there and he just waited and he didn't make any like snarky comments. He didn't try to like pull focus. He just stood there and it was like, I'll wait. I'm going to wait for this. And then the phone finally goes off and he flips open his jacket and everyone went crazy. It was, it was a really amazing moment, but that's not why that's not my second, um, <laughs> um, show. My second favorite theater moment since moving to New York was when we got to see the revival of company on Broadway. This was December 23rd, 2021. And I bought 
I originally bought tickets to this revival of company in 2019. And it was supposed to be for opening weekend. It was March 21st, 2020, which where our tickets were for. Uh, the day before they were supposed to open and the day before my 25th birthday and Sondheim's 90th birthday. And we all know what happened. So the minute tickets were available again, I repurchased them. And the company wasn't supposed to open until like middle of December that year, but they ended up backing it up. I think they were open like November 15th or 16th of that year anyway. So this is about a month into the run post Sondheim's death and which was still very fresh and it still feels fresh to me. Um, but this was also the time Broadway had reopened, but uh, Omicron was going around and shows were canceling left and right. We actually had tickets that day to David Byrne's American Utopia before this, and they canceled. We ended up going to see that um, later in, in a couple months later, and that was amazing too. But so I was really, really, really nervous that this was also going to get canceled. And I was really, really, really nervous because I needed to see Patti Lapone. And I'm very happy to say that I did get to see Patti Lapone in this role. That was my first time seeing Patti. Um, another highlight of being here is that I've gotten to see her twice more since then in concert, including at 54 Below, where she, like we were five feet away from her. Um, that was that was also amazing. But my favorite Patty experience still to this day is be, is being able to see her in company because she is an actor first, right? She graduated from the first Juilliard um, class, um, first acting class. And of course she has an amazing singing voice, but seeing her act and seeing her in this role specifically was life-changing. Like I, good thing we still had masks on at this point because my mouth was hanging open the whole time when they first come out on stage. Like, you know, Bobby enters her apartment and then all the friends come out when they start singing all creepy and she's just standing there. And I was just like, I, I cannot believe that Patty Lapone is in front of me. Um, I, I can't, I still can't believe that that happened. And like every part of, the show seemed so perfect and like I said the national tour just came through I saw it three times while it was at my theater um, I only saw it once on Broadway but it was so incredible and hearing Patty sing Ladies Who Lunch like right in front of me just iconic you know no one no one does it better. No one could ever sing Lady Sue Lunch in front of Elaine Stritch except for Patti Lapone. And now that Elaine is gone, no one will do it. No one will do it as good as Patti. Um, perhaps ever. I don't know. I don't know anyone that could have been playing Joanne for like 20 years at this point and still have it fresh and still be able to nail it. Um, I knew that seeing the tour now, no one was ever going to compare to Patty for me. Um, but Judy McLean takes a very different approach to it. And I don't think it, it didn't hit as well for me as Patty's did, but nobody's would hit as well for me as Patty's did. It was 
so great. And like I'm talking about Patty, but the rest of the cast was also amazing. Like you had Jennifer Samard and Christopher Sieber and Christopher Fitzgerald and Matt Doyle and like all these just just incredible all-star people and it was just it was amazing and um we ended up coming home and we got COVID a couple of days later because we were uh, American Utopia had canceled so we were waiting around in a Starbucks um for a company to start so we definitely got COVID at that Starbucks um and that's how we spent our Christmas break this year but I got to see Patty and it was a hundred million percent worth it and maybe she'll never do Broadway again I don't know I would love to see her in a play somewhere um so I'm putting that out there in the universe if somebody wants to I don't know like revive Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf with Patty in that role, that would be uh, Patty as Martha. Wouldn't that be crazy? Um, I don't know. I would go, I would go see her read the phone book. I love Patty. Um, but yeah, seeing her act was incredible and my number two favorite New York memory. So we've been talking big shows. We're going to kick it back to community theater for my third favorite New York, um, theater experience and that was September of 2022 when I saw once at the Schenectady Light Opera Company better known regionally as Slock which is a fabulous name um, I had never seen once on stage before I had wanted to for a long time and this um, theater is like 10 minutes away from us it's a really cute little theater it's a repurposed church um, and they do uh, mainly musicals, uh, almost entirely musicals. Um, and they've been a theater for uh, this season. This year is their 97th season, which is an incredible legacy. So we went to go see once and it was like hands down the best community theater production I've ever seen of anything ever. Um, that show is so hard because everyone has to play their own instruments um, but it and like the harmonies are really really hard too. So your your cast has to be just rock solid, and they were. And I still it was so beautiful, and the set was so ingenious. Like it was sort of a um, like a one one backdrop set, even though it like takes place all over the place. But so they had like the sort of a bar, you know, Irish pub as the main setting. And then they would hang all the instruments on the wall. So you could just like pick them up and put them down as you need to, which I like. That's one of my pet peeves, even though I've done this as a stage manager, I don't like seeing the stage manager or the crew come out and change the set during the show. I think it really takes me out of it. So anytime that we stay in that world and the actors are the ones moving the furniture and the set themselves and keeping me in that world I really appreciate um the director of that show was James Alexander who uh recently uh, they also did Matilda recently and I really enjoyed his um direction of that as well um I'm actually getting to work with him on a show coming up which leads into my next um point, which was my number four favorite New York theater moment, has been getting back into stage managing. And I did that with the complete works of William Shakespeare Bridge, which was at Slock. This was their first um, regular season play in their history. So that's pretty amazing. And 
it's been such as it was such a serendipitous process. Like I was supposed to stage manage a production of a play called the goat or who is Sylvia. It's an Edward Albee play nuts play. Absolutely crazy. If you've never read it, it's not for the faint of heart. It's about a man who cheats on his wife with a goat. Um, that's not a metaphor and it, the fallout of what happens after that. Um, but, uh, so that show I ended up being connected to because one of my co-box office managers, his husband was directing it. So he thought of me to stage manage it. Um, but when it came down to crunch time, we had someone drop out of the show and other people had someone else had COVID and someone else had strep throat. Um, so we canceled and I'm happy to say that that theater company ended up doing it later on. Um, I wasn't able to hop back onto the team because I was signed on to do Shakespeare at that point. Um, however, someone who was in the cast of The Goat signed on to produce Shakespeare and so thought of me. And so I had an interview with the director. And the director is not from New York. She actually lived in the Berkshires. But she was a professor at Western Illinois University and had taught friend of the pod Emily Workus. And so new Grand Forks, new Emily. And uh, so it was just a crazy small world moment that like, you know, I sent her my theatrical resume and she was like, oh, I know somebody on here. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? How, how do you know anybody in Grand Forks? Um, so that was really um, crazy. Um, so yeah, it was a fun little show. If you've never seen it, it's um, three, four actors on stage and they run through an abridged version of all of Shakespeare's plays. It's very farcical. It's very, it's, um, it's sort of like puffs, you know? Know, people are different characters all the time. We're throwing on wigs, throwing on props, things like that. Um, so that was really fun and introduced me to working at Slock, which um, was an amazing experience. I love the staff um, there. It's all volunteer um, based, but you know, I loved the artistic director and um, there's so much support with um, uh, DEI, they call it IDEA there. Um, they have a great support system there. Um, their board is really involved and just made me feel really supported, which is why I'm very happy to be working again with Slock um, for their upcoming production of Spring Awakening, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, I've actually never seen it live, so getting to be able to be a part of it is really amazing. And we start rehearsals the first week of November. We run middle of January. Um, I, I cannot wait to get started on this musical. The cast is bananas. Um, and it's just, it's going to be so wonderful. I'm really, really excited. And finally, you know, looking at this list, I'm looking at my spreadsheet right now. It's like, I could have picked anything to be my number five, but I picked something I've seen um, really recently, and that was getting to see Merrily We Roll Along um, on Broadway with um, the completely dynamite cast of Daniel Radcliffe, Jonathan Groff, and Lindsay Mendez in those main roles. Like, I... 
I've wanted to see Lindsay Mendez since she did. There was a series of vlogs on Broadway.com called Fly Girl when she was in Wicked. And that was the 10th anniversary of Wicked. And that we're now looking at the 20th anniversary of Wicked. So I've been following her for 10 years. And um, obviously, Jonathan Groff and Danny Radcliffe are just incredible, right? They're out of this world. And just being in a big Broadway house and everyone just reveling in this sort of forgotten Sondheim musical done to truly, I think, the best of its ability was so amazing. And I'm so glad it's getting the reception it deserves. And it was just a really, really beautiful moment. And I will say, yes, I did. I could see Jonathan Graff spit from my balcony seats. But I recently saw the Mrs. Doubtfire tour. And Rob McClure is the lead in that. And he is an enormous spitter, way more than, than Graff was. So as much as we make fun of Jonathan Graff for spitting in the Hamilton video, there are far worse out there. Um, but I've, I've been really, really lucky to see an amazing number of things. Um, honorable mentions include um, Come From Away, Six, American Utopia, um, The Play That Goes Wrong. That was almost one of them. That was an incredible show. Uh, 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 Sweeney Todd. I saw the Sweeney Todd revival. Um, Ain't Too Proud. Uh, Fat Ham. I adored the play Fat Ham. And I see it's getting um, licensed to regional theaters more and more. So if anyone gets a chance to see Fat Ham, highly, highly recommend. Um, what the Constitution Means to Me. I saw a production of that recently, and that was amazing. Um, so yeah, I just... That's that's what I've been doing the last two years, is I've been soaking up all of the theater I can. I know I listed a bunch of Broadway shows, and we do go every two to three months to the city, usually just a little day trip, but I see a lot of um, regional productions too, and it's I feel very, very lucky to live in a place where theater is so celebrated, and like you can't go ten blocks without running into a, a a little community or regional theater. It's really amazing, and everyone is really supportive, and they go see each other's shows, and like you can easily make a living being a theater critic here because there is so so much to see. So that's what's new with me. I'm theater by day, theater by night right now. I'm living my best life. We got two puppies. Um, everything is, is really good. I hope all is well with you, Amy. I hope I get to hear from you soon. Um, I want to talk all things theater. I want to hear from all your casts. I want to hear about empty state theater. I want to hear about it all. So until next time, uh, I, I didn't think of a sign off. Um, <laughs> until next time. Bye. Theater Forks is hosted and produced by Amy Driscoll and Diana Shabai Booker. Our theme song is composed by Connor Walgus. Visit us at facebook.com slash theaterforkspod on Instagram at theaterforkspod or email us at theaterforkspod at gmail.com.